The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will seek God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Blessed are the poor in spirit, the meek, the merciful. What did it mean to be blessed in the Jewish culture of Jesus' day? To find out, we might take a look at God's promised blessings to Abraham in the book of Genesis. God said to Abraham, if you obey me and always do right, I will keep my solemn promise to you. I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you and kings shall come forth from you. I will give your descendants all these lands. The whole land of Canaan will belong to your descendants forever. I will bless you and make you famous. Those were God's promises to Abraham. And I think they describe what the ancient Hebrews envisioned as blessedness. If we take those promises and put them into the literary form of Beatitudes, which was a literary form common in the Old Testament, we might come up with something like this. Blessed is the one whose descendants never die out, whose descendants become kings and queens of many nations and become famous, ruling over a vast expanse of land. Now, we don't have the tradition of Beatitudes in our culture. We don't go around saying, blessed are, fill in the blank. 
then again, perhaps we do have unspoken Beatitudes in our culture, what we might call implicit Beatitudes or unconscious Beatitudes that we just don't speak out loud. Blessed are they who win the Super Bowl, for they shall be heroes throughout the land and they shall get a flashy ring and a big bonus to boot. Blessed are those who are physically attractive. Blessed are those who are rich. Blessed are those who succeed. Blessed are those who are politically powerful. You see, there are beatitudes in our culture. It's just that our beatitudes are implicit and often unconscious. The question that today's gospel reading poses for us is how do the Beatitudes of Jesus compare to the Beatitudes of his own ancient Jewish culture and the implicit Beatitudes of our own culture today? One difference we can discern is that the Beatitudes of both the ancient Jewish culture and our own modern day culture are conditional. God's promise of blessedness to Abraham was prefaced with, if you obey me and always do what is right, then I will give you these blessings. In our own culture, there is also this contingency. If you are born into a rich family, if you are good looking, if you are successful, if you win, then you will be blessed. But Jesus' Beatitudes are different. They bless people without condition in whatever life situation they find themselves. John Shea comments, Jesus sees the negative circumstances that surround and pervade people, the poverty that goes so deep it crushes the spirit and reduces people to a constant state of mourning. In this situation, they are meek, not becoming vengeful, but hungering and thirsting for more equitable treatment, more just allocation of resources. Jesus also spies a blessedness existing at the center of their struggle. This blessedness is given by God and so, by definition, is more powerful than the social political system that overwhelms them. This blessedness is already present, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And it is also a blessedness that is working its way toward a fuller future manifestation. It is moving mourning toward comfort, meekness toward inheritance, and hunger and thirst toward satisfaction. It is giving notice to the present situation that it is not ultimate and will not last. 
the presupposition is that people are in touch with their oppression and pain and they fear its powerful and extensive reach. But they are out of touch with their blessedness. Jesus' teaching makes them aware of the source of hope already present but not yet fully manifested. The source of hope already present but not yet fully realized. Irish poet John O'Donohue believed that we can participate in the realization of this already present blessedness. If we open ourselves to the ever-present flow of God's love and life, which poured through Jesus and blessed everyone who was open to receiving it, we too can be a source of blessing in our world. O'Donohue writes, when we bless, we are enabled somehow to go beyond our present frontiers and reach into the source. A blessing awakens future wholeness. Blessings seek wholeness of the self and community without denying the brokenness, the reality of slippery truth, the fact of the degradation of our planet. Blessings reach into a source beyond our present frontiers and do this for the sake of wholeness and healing. Blessedness means to be a partaker of God and the fullness of God. Blessings call out God's presence in the world. They call out in order to show that light which already exists but has still yet to be fully revealed." Unquote. My friends, you and I can participate in Jesus' Beatitudes. Jesus' blessing of the world. And when we do so, we call out God's emerging wholeness in the very midst of our world's brokenness. In my sermon a few weeks ago, I mentioned that the gospel writer Matthew sees Jesus as a new Moses, a new teacher, teaching not the written law, but the twofold gospel law of love for God and love for neighbor. And since Matthew sees Jesus as a teacher of this new law, Matthew has Jesus deliver his beatitudes while Jesus is sitting which was the posture of a teacher, a rabbi, in Jesus' day. But Anglican deacon Michael Van Dusen imagines a different scene. He imagines Jesus teaching his Beatitudes not while sitting, but while walking among the people, giving each a personal blessing according to their circumstances and needs. You are beloved, you who are poor in spirit. You are beloved, 
you who mourn. You are beloved, you who are persecuted. You are beloved, you who are meek. These affirmations of belovedness have come down to us as the Beatitudes. Being blessed means hearing that you are beloved. You are worthy of a blessing. You are special and unique in God's eyes. Canadian priest Lucy Reed asks, when did you last hear such a blessing of yourself? such an affirmation of your holiness and belovedness. In many ways, we hear the opposite, messages that we're not good enough, we are not adequate. My friends, today we hold our annual parish meeting. It's a time when, among other things, the Vestry-approved budget for the coming year is presented. As has been the case for the last several years, it is a deficit budget, and the deficit this year is significant. In addition, as you are all aware, our attendance is down from what it was five years ago, reflecting the national trend in mainline denominations, which has been accelerated by the pandemic. The very human temptation reinforced by our culture's implicit beatitude, blessed are those corporations that continually increase their bottom line and their stock price. The very human temptation for us is to see organizations in situations like ours as failing. But we must remember, my friends, is that what our culture may see as failing has little relationship to what Jesus deems blessed. Presbyterian pastor Denise Anderson writes, God is not necessarily impressed with the impressive. The blessed ones are the ones who are often unimpressive. Jesus' Beatitudes bless the unimpressive and they are unconditional. They begin with blessing rather than promising a blessing at the end of our achievement. God blesses us first, enabling us to act in a new way out of gratitude, love, compassion, self-giving, and sacrifice. We don't act in a godly way in order to be blessed. We are blessed. And as a consequence of our blessedness, we are enabled to act in a Christ-like way. Episcopal priest, author, and professor Barbara Brown Taylor sums up the message of the Beatitudes very simply. You are loved. Act like it. You are loved. Act like it. What a difference it would make if we could keep that in our minds and hearts at all times. 
But we are so easily diverted by the implicit beatitudes of this world which say, if you do achieve, work, perform, look such a way, win, then you will be blessed. We are so diverted by these implicit beatitudes that we have a hard time keeping the freely given blessing of God before us. We think it all depends on us. But even in the Super Bowl, my friends, there are those things that are out of the player's control. That one bad call by the referee, that slip on the wet turf, that injury, and before we know it, the more talented team can lose. So it is in life. But the message of the gospel is that the blessed are not determined by the score on the scoreboard when the clock runs out. Our blessing comes even before the coin toss, even before the game begins. We are beloved, and now we are only asked to play the game like we believe it.